Welcome back, one and all. Once again, it's time for the 53rd edition of the Fancy Football Surgery Podcast. Coming to you on the 14th of March 2017, we've just been treated to another Leicester miracle getting through to the next round of the Champions League. It's Bully here again, welcoming back our editor, the Iceman. Yeah, hi Bully. And from an equally uh, cold and frosty location, we've actually got another international guest on this week, coming to us all the way from Finland. We've got the very uh, high-scoring and high-performing Mika. Welcome. Yeah, hi guys, good to be here. Hi Mika. So um, if we could just start, Mika, tell the, uh, tell the listeners a little bit about your, your background in FPL. Yeah, sure. Um, I've been a football fan basically all my life. I used to play and now I work as a referee. I officiate in a third and fourth highest league in Finland. I've been refereeing for three years now, so my stocks are pre- rising pretty fastly. Yeah. Uh, I got into FPL in 2010-2011 season. Premier League is really popular in Finland, like in everywhere else. Yeah. And I was just watching games in Bob's with my friends and they introduced to me. After that, it took me a couple of seasons to understand and find the nuances of the game. And yeah. when I found the social side of it and the right stat sides, I got totally hooked. Never looked back since. Uh, uh, last season, I finished 158 overall. And this season, yeah, I had a pretty decent season. This season, I've been hovering between 1K and 20K basically all the, all the season, the whole season, yeah. And at the moment, I'm around 5K. So doing pretty, pretty nicely. Yeah, doing very well indeed. And um, I was just interested in what you said there about the fact that you're, uh, you're a referee. Um, just yeah. in terms of standard-wise, what does the what does the Finnish third and fourth league look like compared to, say, English football? Yeah, third league is like League One, basically. Okay, so, so, so really, really comparable one. standard. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Well, it's good to hear kind of how you've got on. Clearly, been very successful in FPL um, over the uh, over the last few years. And I think uh, a common theme coming through with you and other guests is once you get into the stat side of it, it gets all that more addictive. So let's move on to start by talking about how we got on in our last game weeks. Jim, if I can come to you first, um, how did you get on? What was your score? So yeah, I hit 40 in the end, which is 21 above average. I, di- I didn't have to take a hit this week, so I actually did field 11. I didn't have King, so a lot of people who haven't got King you know, didn't score that high. I didn't captain Lukaku either. I went for main, uh, Mane even, uh, thinking that Liverpool are still going to keep their streak, which they do against Arsenal, but no, they disappointed. Antonio was my uh, one of my highest scorers with Lukaku, so I have actually moved up overall to forty nine k. So not too bad overall. Not too bad indeed. That's uh, it's not a bad score in a week where the average was only nineteen. So doubled that. So I can see where you've moved up. To be honest, this was probably my worst game week in a good few months. I was getting on a nice little run. Um, I'd played my chips on fielding three City players from the week before, hoping that would account for what I wouldn't score in this game week. But unfortunately, in that game, of course, Sterling didn't play, Stones didn't play, and Aguero didn't do anything. So um, that let me down. And in the end, I ended up with only eight people playing in that game week with Phillips not turning up either. So I got the Lukaku points. I also captain Mane and Siggy came up with uh, with points for me. But otherwise, a really disappointing game week with only 29, still above the average. But it has pulled me down just a little bit. 
Um, Mika, how about you? How did you get on? Uh, compared to you guys, I got a super good game week. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's not too I got 662 with... points with minus four hits. Oh, nice. So yeah. that's pretty... It was one of my be- best game week ranks of the season. I had nine players. I captained Lukaku. That was pretty decent. Yeah, and I, like I also... Yeah, and I also chose King over Lanzini, which was huge. Great shout. Uh, yeah, Sian Coleman also gave me some returns, but really good game week for me. Very much so, yeah. So that, that's kept you in the top 5,000, as you've said uh, earlier. Well, let's see how our top 10 is doing. There has definitely been some uh, some change at the top in our Fancy Football Surgery Mini League, and actually some new names have entered. So thanks for thanks for uh, adding yourself into the uh, the league. In, uh, in 10th place, we've got Coleman New Blues with Paul Mitchinson. Ninth, Biggles Wingman, Patrick Houghton, a regular in there this season. Our, uh, our supportive guests in the past, Insane in De Bruyne with Luke Thunberg down to 8th. Oh, yes. Uh, pelvic, thru- pelvic Thrust 11, Vivesh Reddy up into 7th. The RK Mavericks, Kunal Roran up into 6th. Banana Nose, Maldonado, Matthew Greco, who actually added us on Twitter this week and actually is a Twitter handle avatar has got a banana nose so um, wasn't expecting that but great to have him on board and he's dropped down to fifth you'll be interested to know Dimitar Todorov has now dropped down to fourth place scoring an equally disappointing 29 with me this week knocked off the perch for the first time in a while Ayuf Rayal Mohamed Ismail into third place Anticlante United Andreas Alanda is second and that means that Anders FK with the team name Bricklayers, the beer man would like that, is actually in first place. So clearly we've got a new entry into the league this week. Oh, he's knocked everyone down, just straight in there, straight at the top. Everybody has, has dropped down. Thanks to everybody that's joined us just uh, just recently. Loving the uh, the team names. Uh, Iceman, anybody want to shout from, from the list? Yeah, so from March, we've got uh, Adrian Mary Gunn as uh, Men of Shankly's Best FC. He's top at the moment. 168 points he scored in March. He's leading so far. 82 points this week. That very impressive score. So uh, all change at the top. Now, we ran a poll on Twitter last week, and it's thanks. You might see our polls every now and again on there, but sort of our resident guest, Tom Campbell, came up with a great idea of actually looking at some of the main topics of the week in a poll and uh, really thinking about reflecting on that on the pod. So we decided to go with the question, my tactics for game week 26 to 28 have left me question mark and actually there was quite a balance across the three choices one was either in in a strong position uh, in need of a minus four or eight and uh, the other one was completely shafted in contemplating a wild card now interestingly 64 percent of you that voted either fell into needing a minus four or eight or the shafted category and contemplating the wild card so i think what we'll do today chaps is just think a little bit about if people are thinking about taking hits how they can make those long-term pay off for them yeah, it's always a thinking each game week whether you're going to take a hit, but it always depends on what team you've got, doesn't it? As long as you've got a fielding, a good team, which you know is going to score high, sometimes it's just no need. But yeah, if you need to, if you've got injuries or if uh, you just don't feel like any of your team is going to score high, sometimes it's uh, it's warranted. I know you're quite against it though, aren't you, Mika? Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty known for uh, going against the hits. I like to plan long term like really long term five six games weeks ahead and not take any hits last season i took like three hits and this season i haven't taken maybe four if i remember correctly yeah four Hmm. so i don't like them at all but it's this game can be played with different styles 
Agreed. Yeah, I think um, I mean, certainly that may be one of your your secrets and what has you in the top five thousand fairly regularly. The fact that you do plan that far ahead. I'm probably more of a three game man, but I'm certainly going to look into this as an option. Listening to to how you do things, Mika. So, chaps, without further ado, let's move on to our ten games in the upcoming game week. For the first time in a while, all the teams are playing over two days. We've got the 18th of March, the Saturday, 19th of March, the Sunday. Um, a good mixture of clashes. First up, the 12.30 danger game, the kickoff at lunchtime on the Saturday, West Brom versus Arsenal. I'm going to kick us off with a uh, with a shout here. Now, Obviously, Arsenal clearly back into form after absolutely smashing a lower league team 5-0 over the weekend. I think we can all agree they're fully back to their best based on that. Uh, No Arsenal bias intended there. But genuinely, looking at the Arsenal squad, I'm still a little bit unsure about the uh, the Sanchez situation. The toys have come out of the pram this week. We've had him laughing when we lost against Bayern. So lots of questions around the guy. I do think he's going to play, but with the former mother players at the moment, my head is being more turned towards Theo Walcott. Seems to be popping up with goals fairly regularly at the moment. Only 7.3 million. His next few games are against West Brom away, uh, City at home, who he has got a bit of a record of scoring against, and then West Ham at home as well. I think he represents good value at the moment. I think he's looked sharp. Uh, He's also had one of his highest scoring returns this season for Arsenal. He was always touted as the next Thierry Henry, but it's never quite sort of worked out for him. Um, But in terms of his his return in, in all competitions this season, he's probably scoring 17 goals returned this season. So he's probably looking at 0.75 goals a game. Very decent return for the guy. Um, Iceman, do you see any any kind of value in Walcott? Well, he hasn't completed 90 90 minutes in the Premier League for a while since game week 17. Uh, It's just, you've got to be wary of that uh, rotation. But yeah, if if you're not, if you haven't got enough money for Sanchez, which is the obvious pick for me, um, then Walcott, I can see being involved. He's, He's always got goals in him. So he's one of these players which you could probably put the captain armband on him against weaker teams, but I wouldn't do it against any stronger teams. You can't count on him in any of those strong games. It's just when we play bad opposition, that's when you're going to be looking for the points. So with uh, Arsenal's run-ins, it doesn't look too bad. So yeah, I can't see why not a viable option for me. What do you reckon, Mika? Yeah, the only problem with Walgott is that he's not consistent. Mm. I love players in the FBL that are consistent. Yeah, he's like explosive. He can get really big points, but he do it. He does it like once or twice in a season. That's just not enough for me. If yeah. you compare it to Sanchez, it's like completely different. Sanchez yeah, basically I... plays every ninety minutes every time, and he's so explosive that you can't do nothing about it, basically. It's a perfect FPL player, to be honest. Yeah, so he's, um, like you say, I do agree, he's not quite as uh, consistent as you would get out of Sanchez. But Mika, I mean, is there anyone in particular that you would like out of this fixture? Uh, from Arsenal, well, Arsenal is Sanchez, right? <laughs> <laughs> but, you could say that. Yeah, at the moment, there's so much uncertainty around Arsenal. It's really hard to pick anyone else than him. Um, well, to be honest, no. I tried to look, but... Walcott is the only one after Sanchez who can uh, I can come up with. I tried to look at Iwobi, but no, there's way too much rotation risk around those guys. The defenders, uh, Mustafi is 5.8, and he's pretty on. That could be a good shout. And well, Koscielny will still rack some points. Those guys are pretty good. They haven't been the most solid team, but thanks to those upcoming fixtures and doubles, 
which they will probably get like later, basically around 33, 34 probably. But that's why I advise people to look their defense. Yeah, Sanchez um, plus one defender, basically. Yeah, I mean, Arsenal do have two double game weeks. So one uh, of three teams which actually do have two double game weeks coming up at some point. They don't play in game week 34 now, I believe. It's just been taken away. I don't know if that's completely finalised. I know they've got it on the uh, FPL site now that it, the game's been taken away. So uh, if you're planning now, then you know keep that in mind. I, I do think Sanchez is probably the best option here. I'm thinking about bringing him in for my team for Yaya Toro because I've just got the money left over. And many will have the funds available now as well because Kane's ruled out. And if you look at Sanchez, scored and assisted in 26 goals this season. People are saying maybe stay away due to the fallout of Wenger, but maybe he's a little bit angry, and maybe an angry Sanchez is actually a better Sanchez. I know that Giroud started up top in the last game, but um, I think against West Brom, Sanchez is probably going to start up top because I think aerial prowess is where Giroud comes in. And I don't think we're going to go for that against West Brom. I think it's going to be on the floor. So I'm hoping that Sanchez is going to play up top. And I'm even considering if I do bring him in to uh, to captain him this game. You've got West Brom. They kind of seem like they're a little bit on the beach. They've, they've got their 40 points and they're, they're just... They're not trying that hard at the moment. They're without Matty Phillips now, so I think they play a little bit different without him. I think he's quite an influential player for them. Uh, the way he takes them forward, and he's always in the attack, he's, he's the furthest forward when he normally plays, but he's been out for a while. I think he's, he might be back in the next game, though, so I don't know whether that changes anything for their overall position and how, how they're actually going to play this game, but... I do think Sanchez is a great addition to have. We did have a question from uh, Sally Almar. He's saying, is Sanchez essential now? One from um, Seven Wonders FPL. Firmino to Sanchez or Firmino to Hazard for game week 29? Or bank his transfer? So I, I reckon Sanchez, if you've got the money to bring him in, I say bring him in. Yeah, the only problem with Sanchez is just uh, international break is going to be after this game week, and he's probably going to go with Chile, right? Yeah. Uh, they will play against Argentina on 23rd, That's and against, Wednesday, Wednesday, against Venezuela against 28th. So basically, Sanchez has only uh, eight day, uh, five days sorry, to get back from national duties before the next game. So there's a lot... Uh, uncertainty around him again yeah that's a good thing to keep in mind when you if you do bring him in and that game is against manchester city as well yeah yeah so basically if you want to risk it get him now or basically after uh, game week 30 on 31 so chaps we're not getting so excited about west brom here can we even rely on gareth mccauley to pose some threat from corners this week or are we saying west brom are looking a little bit burnt out and just happy where they are now if you've got no other better options in your team, then yeah, maybe play him. <laughs> like I, I can't guarantee that we're not going to let in a goal against West Brom, so it could happen. Yeah, West Brom haven't kept a clean sheet since game week 24. And, well, I can't see a cleanie over here also. So if you ha- don't have anybody else, play him. But other than that, I suggest you to sell. He's pretty uh, highly owned, around 50% on live teams. So it's if he scores, you're going to get a huge red arrow. So it's safe to own him, but 
you can bench him always. Yeah, and they've got some ugly fixtures coming up, uh, West Brom. I think everyone's kind of veering away from them now. The Garden of Brown. Okay, chaps. Well, that's a helpful insight. Let's move on to the first three o'clock uh, kickoff of the uh, the Saturday afternoon. Crystal Palace versus Watford. Big Sam's uh, revolution started to take effect in the previous game week. Of course, the game with Tottenham postponed in the last. Watford again, another team fighting for Premiership survival. Mika, if I can come to you first on this one, who do you like in this fixture and moving forward? Yeah, uh, Crystal Palace is not very attractive at the moment. Uh, after PBA got injured and they have pretty hard fixtures coming up, this particular fixture could go either way, basically. No, I do be honest, but if I have to choose players from Crystal Palace, it have to be Saha. Uh, the only problem with him is also the international break. I don't know if he goes with Ivory Coast or not, but they have a game against Russia on 24th. Other than that, nobody else from Crystal Palace. Uh, and Watford, what, anyone you fancy there? Yeah, I take a, uh, took a look from Watford, and they are basically uh, out of form except Troy Deeney. Yeah, he has yeah, he has five goals in his last uh, six Premier League games. And basically, if you need a cheap third striker, you could punt on Dini. It could be a really good shout. The only thing is, he's around that yeah. six six 6.8 mark, isn't he? So that's in the Gabardini-Lorente-type uh, price mark. But they haven't got some bad fixtures coming up, have they? They've got Crystal Palace, no, Sunderland, they've got, West they've got Brom. Sunderland yeah. home and then West Bromwich Albion at home after yeah, this. So well if he's going to score, the next couple of games look good. Mm. Yeah, I did I did a little comparison between him, Defoe, Vardy and Capirini. Uh Basically, Capirini won it pretty single-handedly, but Dini had a lot better stats, for example, than Defoe. He has averaged basically uh, almost two shots per game and 1.2 shots on target. So he could be a really good shout for the upcoming weeks. Yeah, yeah I agree. I think he provides a viable differential. Like you say, some of the... Uh, I know there was a bit of an exodus on Lorente after he got that injury in the last game week. That's not to say that he won't play this because I don't believe that the injury is that bad. Iceman, you might tell me differently. But Dini might be a quite a viable option going forward. I'm just looking as well at his performance in the last six game weeks. He's had the three games where he's got nine points, one with seven uh, and one with five. So great returns from him. He suddenly sparked into the life of uh, the form he had last season when he was doing so well with Agalo up front. Yeah, no, I think he's uh, probably a promising option. We've got uh, Kevin Sears, who, who missed us from Twitter, saying everyone's on the Gabardini train. But doesn't Dini at Watford have better matchup and stats? Which, as Mika has just told us, that yeah, he, he might do. But for me, Gavardini, he's irresistible for me. He's looking very yeah, good well, at the moment, isn't he? Hmm. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we're going to take a look at that fixture later on, so I can take a, a closer look to Gavardini, but... He's pretty good in pretty good form at the moment. Yeah, yeah, agree. Well, we'll, get, we'll certainly get to that Saints fixture, which is on the Sunday against uh, against Tottenham. Okay, so it doesn't sound like there's too much love for for Palace, and really only one player we're thinking about from Watford. That moves us on to Everton versus Hull. The man in the news today is Romelu Lukaku, equaled his highest scoring season in the Premier League with 19 goals now, firing Everton to. Maybe not a definite for the for the top six, but they're definitely in the talking. And if any of those teams slip up, Coman's side uh, are right there. But 19 goals this season, great return from him, proving himself as a top Premier League striker. However, 
he has said he is not going to sign a new contract at this point. Yeah. Um, personally, I don't think that throws his position into doubt because I think Everton, without him, there isn't an obvious alternative to play up front who's going to be in the same level of form. I do wonder, though, if his head is being turned and his form will continue. Iceman, what do you think on this issue? Yeah, I, I think um, if you've got him, you've got to keep him. He's a Highestone player now, I believe. Uh, 42.7% pick now, so... Yeah, it's no wonder if you've got him, he is definite captain option against Hull. They are strong at the back hole, but away they're a little bit weaker and they're still a bottom three side. So I can see Lukaku scoring a few goals here. It's going to be a tough one for me between him and Sanchez, actually. With uh, with the Everton team, though, yeah, everyone seems to get involved. It's very difficult to pick one of their midfielders. I wouldn't say that any of their midfielders is a, is a shoo-in for points every week. Barkley has been very consistent recently, but he's always ready for a drought, Barkley. I, I wouldn't go there myself. Others have, and I can see why. Other than that, if you're looking at the defence, it's just Coleman for me. Baines is too unreliable um, in terms of attacking points. Uh, obviously, he's going to get those clean sheets if he stays on the pitch for 45 minutes, which he didn't in the last game. He did have a back problem, but... We have been told that he should be back for the next game, though. All right, Iceman, can I just butt in there? Just a word on Barkley. I mean, yeah, I agree with what you're saying about his lack of consistency, but actually, over the last five game weeks, he's actually got a goal and four assists. So he's averaging something each game. It's almost coming back to my Hazard arguments. Um, He's also got nine assists already this season, which has matched his best, or which has matched his talent last seasons so I think possibly with the form of Lukaku this is definitely benefiting Barkley because he's finishing his dinner so to speak he's serving him up those chances he's finishing them off um he's 7.1 million so again you're talking in that Sigurdsson price range yeah he's more uh, within the Walcott price range as well but I think with the form of Everton and as a differential Barkley provides uh, an interesting option for me yeah I mean saying that Everton are good they do look good yeah I think the addition uh, addition of Snyderling has uh, put Barkley in the better light. Yeah. He can move forward a lot more because Snyder is basically guarding him behind him. Yes. Uh, for Lukaku, you just have to have him at the moment. He's going to be the uh, captain ball leader th- this week. So, And he's the most owned. So if you don't have him, you're going to die next week. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I've got to say as well, I think if you look at the Everton midfield as well, now they've got Idrissa Gay back from the African Cup of Nations. They've got a, a Schneidlin, who we know is a top holding midfielder. It didn't quite work out for him at United. Plus an informed Barkley. That, for me, is one of the best midfield threes in the Premier League and you can see their form recently they've, they've jumped up the table and they're serious contenders for a top six spot now so Mika anybody else from this fixture you want to shout at this point uh, I was trying to <clears throat> look through Hull but there wasn't many good <laughs> <was> shout <laughs> no, but see, there, uh, if you need a punt for a couple of weeks before doubles or if you plan on using wild card uh, people have been calling out Krosicki he could be a word checking yeah. yeah, he's just 5.5 in the midfield. He's basically the ultimate differential. With un- uh, his ownership is under one percent at the moment, and he's averaging almost three shots per game, which is pretty huge. So if you this, need if you need big differential, that a good shout. This was the the uh, discussion we had with the general a couple of weeks back. We really like the way that Grzycki's playing. We just need him to convert some points. He he is due a goal. He is due. 
He was due. <laughs> yeah. Just a quick shout on both uh, these teams. They've both not got double game weeks coming up. I don't know if people are keeping that in mind at all at the moment or whether you should be, but uh, it's just a note there. Ice, mate, can you yeah. just remind us of the double game week? Because we know Arsenal. Who else have you, have you got on your list? Oh, so the teams that have got two double game weeks are Arsenal, Man United, Southampton, and all the teams which have just got one at the moment are Chelsea, Crystal Palace, Leicester, Man City, Middlesbrough, Sunderland, Tottenham, uh, Watford and West Brom might have one. All the other teams of Bournemouth, Burnley, Everton, Hull, Liverpool, Stoke, Swansea and West Ham don't have a double game. So I don't know if you listeners are going to keep that in mind when they bring these players in. Yeah, and I have to say on this this matter that this is probably the one of the hardest parts of the season to pick players because first we have international break and then we still know when the double game weeks are going to be scheduled. So it's basically impossible to... Long- do any long-term planning yeah and also you've got to consider as well last year a load of people removed Tottenham players to bring in a load of double game week players and the Tottenham players scored more than the double game week players it also happened in the last double game week where we all removed the Tottenham players and brought in the double game week players of Man City and then yeah the Tottenham players scored more so try and keep that in mind form can change throughout the season so if you bring them in now it could change in a few weeks time well, I'm, I'm going to jump on that uh, mention of Tottenham there to move us on to Stoke versus Chelsea because as many will know now Harry Kane is crocked that, that, that has been confirmed um, I don't personally know how long for so very happy if you two want to tell me how long but we've had, Just I, I think quick we've had questions on Ben, ben Dinnery did say uh, he missed seven weeks earlier in the season due to the same injury. So it could be between four to six weeks around this time, he predicts. Interesting. Well, I think the question for a lot of people then is going to be, who do I bring in to replace Harry Kane? You'll be interested to know the highest transferred in player over the course of the week has been Diego Costa, or at least today, certainly the highest transferred in. Nearly 18,000 players have put Costa in. I've got to say, I like that choice. I still don't think he is quite as explosive points-wise as uh, Lukaku and and Kane when he's fit. But actually, in terms of consistency, I don't see this Chelsea team slowing down anytime soon. And I think against Stoke, Costa's got real potential to, to bag a goal or two there. Plus, he's a physical player. Seeing him up against someone like uh, Cameron and Shawcross, um, you know, I, I fancy this being kind of Costa's ideal game. So I think in terms of Chelsea this week, I would shout Costa as a viable option. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, I'd say definitely. He's he's so consistent in what he does. It's just his high ceiling he's not really got, which doesn't really tempt me. And I'm always looking for those players with high ceilings. Like Hazard, I still don't think he has a massive high ceiling this this season. And nor do any of the Chelsea players really, other than Alonso. Uh, but they are just they're playing well. They're they're looking good. So I can see them winning this one. But Stoke did hold City to Pep's first goalless game in the last Premier League game. So who knows, they may hold Chelsea as well. Yeah, I just think that uh, Chelsea play completely different than City. That is the main reason that Chelsea will pattern pattern Stoke on weekend. I I reckon it's going to be like uh, 1-3 or like a couple goal win, basically, for Chelsea. Yeah, I mean, I'm not suggesting you necessarily bring him in. And I think if, if this week I was faced with the dilemma of bringing in Sanchez or Hazard, I'd probably go for Sanchez. Having said that, I do already have Hazard. Uh, and for me, he's staying this week. I can see some some real potential for him. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> the, the other one to 
pointed out from Chelsea is Pedro. Yeah, um, yes. He has right. done really well lately. And basically, he's doing the, exactly the same thing as Hazard. He's just a couple of million deeper. The only problem with him is the possible rotation risk with William. But I'm pretty sure that William played on Monday night against Man United. That Petro will start on weekends. I know you say... Sorry, carry on. Sorry, I'll come to you, Iceman. Just to say as well, I think in terms of the Pedro gamble, he's actually due to, to go up to... Well, he's, he's only a, a few thousand shy of, of uh, going up in value. But he's in the top 15 most transferred in this week. So I think a lot of people are thinking in that direction of a Pedro differential. Iceman? Yeah, sorry. I know, I know you say he, he's uh, more or less like having Hazard, but I did look at the stats for Hazard and he just seems to be involved in the play a lot more up top. In the final third, more shots, more big chances, and uh, more chances created overall. Looking from the stats, you can see why Hazard is priced more. But you look at the haul in the last three games against Burnley, Swansea and West Ham. He's got 10, 12 and 6. So yeah, I can see the argument from both sides. So uh, If you're looking for a, uh, a Chelsea player at the moment, I think Pedro is probably the one to go to. Yeah, I like that as a cut price option. Anybody else you want to shout from this one, Mika? Uh, probably not. Alonso is the obvious choice for defenders, and uh, from Stoke, there's pretty much none. Uh, they have pretty dull fixtures coming up also, and I don't think they have double now. So I think you need to shift your attention to somewhere else. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I can't I can't say that Stoke particularly enticed me. Which, th- this next game doesn't really either. Sunderland versus Burnley. Iceman, let me treat you to... To leading us off on this one, do you fancy anyone in this fixture moving forward? Well, I've got Pickford, and I'm definitely playing him for this fixture over Foster. So ah, confidence, go yeah. ahead. Yeah, I mean, how, how much is he priced now, Pickford? He's still four point one. Yeah, so yeah, not a bad price keeper. And if you look at their fixtures for the rest of the season, it's pretty comfy. They've got Man United, uh, Chelsea, and Arsenal in the remaining fixtures, but. Coming up, they've got Burnley, Watford, Leicester. And then after United game, they've got a little bit of a garden of green as well. And maybe a punt on a cheap keeper like Pickford for me. Mika, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think I'm going exactly the same direction. I have the both keepers from this game. I have Pickford and Heaton. So I have a bit of dilemma who to play. (laughs) Who are you going to play? Are you decided yet? No, but I'm probably going to go with Bigford because Burnley is a complete madhouse when they're away. They're so bad. So I'm pretty, pretty much going Bigford. I thought they played quite well against uh, Liverpool, though. Yeah, well, they're Liverpool. So. <laughs> but they are the worst away team in the Premier League, so I have to pick Bigford because of the home advantage. I think Barnes, on a uh, if you're going for a... Uh, 3-5-2, which I probably wouldn't recommend now because there's so many good options up up top. I think Barnes is probably one of the best 4.5 strikers to have just laying on your bench, though. Yeah, yeah for I... sure. Yeah, I agree completely. Uh, sorry for interrupting, Bully. But uh, Barnes is perfect player if you play 3-5-2. He's so cheap and he looked like a menace against Liverpool. Really good shout. Yeah, what do you um, think, yeah, no, I, I'd agree with that. I think it's um, yeah, as, as a cheap option just to, to free up funds in the other part of your squad. Certainly, if you're looking to get Sanchez in, or maybe even Aguero, if he's going to be your go-to player for the week, then yeah, he's a viable option. 
So let's move on to West Ham versus tonight's heroes, Leicester City, from being a team everybody had thought were just absolutely crashing. They've got rid of Ranieri. Shakespeare has basically gone back to the blueprint. He's, he's just put them back to 4-4-2. He's changed nothing. The only thing that's different to last season, that lineup now is Ndidi instead of Kante. They've knocked out a brilliant Sevilla side, I have to say, from the Champions League tonight. Another great save from uh, Kasper Schmeichel. Mika, lead us off on this one. Who do you like out of West Ham versus Leicester? Yeah, a lot of people have been asking about Leicester uh, as they have picked form, like we just saw from the Champions League game. Well, the obvious picks are Mahrez and Vardy. Basically, everybody's asking about them. They have two games to be rescheduled and really good fixtures going forward. Mahrez scored his first goal, first goal, yeah, since game week 13, and Vardy has got banked couple. Both of them have averaged, averaged around two shots per game for the last five. That's pretty okay I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah, my personal take on this is that uh, if they keep on keep the current work rate up, they will get the good scores against teams that play possession football against them, so that a body can break with a counter attack. If you look at the upcoming fixtures, uh, West Ham, Stoke, Sunderland, and Everton, only Sunderland will probably sit deep against them. So I reckon that Vardy will score a couple of during those fixtures. If you have cash. Go for him. I have to yeah. go. I think um, as a differential, Vardy provides a good option. He's again, he's in the top fifteen kind of players that uh, people are punting on. And if you want a differential, you're trying to play catch up, and you're taking Kane out. You know, Vardy's still quite expensive. But having said that, you're right. He's got the fixtures, and, and Leicester are just finding themselves again at the moment. They've just got that spirit back. So. I've got to say, I also like the fact that they defensively seem to get it right now. And I do like the look of Christian Fuchs. I think he's a, a viable option in these next few game weeks. Yeah, nice no, man. I was just about to shout him, actually. Fuchs. Sorry. Sorry. I know he's, uh, he's 5.2 now, so a little bit pricey for a Leicester defender. But yeah, I mean, he scored in the last game, didn't he? And then he assisted in the game before that. He's still got that magic left wand of a foot, so... You could probably see some more points come from him. If they're going back to their old style, he seems to score loads of points last season. Maybe now that they're back in their old style, he's going to benefit more from that. So in terms of West Ham, losing again against uh, a Joshua King-inspired Bournemouth, but that man Antonio came up trumps like you shouted, Iceman. Any thoughts of him against Leicester? Yeah, no, I think he's a great option still. He's playing up up top with Carroll by the looks of it. And I'm just going to have a quick look at his uh, heat map. But I I do think he's right up there with him throughout each game. I'm just going to check that though. Just just looking at the heat maps, he's actually further forward than Carroll. Yeah, he he's furthest forward for West Ham, so it's, it's no wonder that he's getting his goals. He's had the uh, most shots on goal in the last game, I believe, where he got six with two on target. I know Lanzini was... Uh, everyone was looking at Lanzini because he, he did play really well and he was involved in most of the play, but he only had two attempts on goal in the last game and he looks like he's coming further back for the ball, so... I don't know if that's in everyone's thinking here because if I'm choosing a player from West Ham, I would go Antonio. He's already in my team, but 
Snodgrass looks like he's got an injury. Uh, he played through the pain, I think it was, he mentioned. But he did say he twisted his ankle and stretched his ligaments. So I don't know if that affects anyone, if they're bringing in him. I know a lot of people, were, he was a go-to as well for West Ham. But for me, yeah, Antonio. And uh, what has uh, what's Ayu got to do to get a start? Yeah, I agree. I think he's, um, I mean, certainly his, uh, his track record in the Premier League would, you know, and given that West Ham are struggling to score goals at the moment, he he would be a viable option if he was playing regularly. But it just seems to be one that Slavin's not turning too much at the moment. Yeah, because if he was, then he could go either him or Antonio. But yeah, it goes to Antonio around the same price bracket at 6.9. Yeah, I think uh, Ayu just doesn't fit the system for the starting player. Mm. He has to fit Carroll and Antonio. Those are pretty much the first players he big on the board then he has Lanzini as playmaker and then he has Snodgrass, AU and Feculi on the wings so I don't know yeah, hard. Yeah. I, I still really like the look of Lanzini, I know he didn't, um, didn't really notch last week but I still really like the look of him having replaced Payet in that sort of creative role and with, with Carroll and uh, Antonio still knocking a few in I think he is a viable and a cheap option moving forward I just I think what the shame about West Ham is they used to be quite a nice team to turn to for a goalkeeper or maybe a defender that you could just kind of rotate in and out and they've just completely lost their kind of their, their stability at the back which I'm surprised at for a Billich side but yeah, it sounds like no chaps are looking very much at, um, at Antonio for this one if you were going to shout a West Ham player yeah yeah okay um so let's move on to Bournemouth versus Swansea and the Josh King train just keeps on rolling. Another hat-trick uh, from King started just behind the front man this week. Mika, what are your thoughts on Bournemouth at the moment? Yeah, I was so lucky that I picked, um, picked him up last week. I was uh, bouncing between him and Lanzini and I picked him because he was cheaper. So I got really lucky on that. But going forward, Bournemouth have dreadful fixtures uh, after this one. If you have Bournemouth players, play them this week and then basically just start shipping them out. King is absolutely superb with his out-of-position striker, but other than that, Fraser is all right, but I would sell after this week. Yeah, I'm in agreement with that, definitely. They they do look good going forward often, but... Yeah, you can't see them scoring that many points. You can't see it being as consistent as uh, other options available. Do you, do you think King is worth holding on to as a fifth midfielder during that period, though? Because sometimes you have players that you may not start, but just in case you have players sort of being subbed off, injured, um, it's always handy to have a strong bench. Does Josh King provide that as a player that can kind of sit there and occasionally rotate rotate in for the rest of the season? Nice man. Well, yeah, it's just it's quite expensive for a fifth, maybe. I mean, maybe if you bought him early, I don't know. I I wouldn't now because I think it's just too expensive for a fifth midfielder because I, I want to have someone I want to keep on the bench and I want to play three up front. Not for me, but maybe maybe an option for others. Yeah, me personally, I, I love full-team rotation. I have used Allen basically this whole season as my fifth midfielder and he plays number 10 role and scores occasionally. So he's... Per- basically the perfect fifth midfielder. If I would have extra cash, I would love to have King as the fifth midfielder. Best criteria for the fifth midfielder is that he has to play always 90 minutes. Uh, If he has good stats, fine, that's all right. But 
for the fifth midfielder, fifth fifth midfielder, you just want that he's a proper starter. He has to start every game and pop goals now and then. Basically, King would would be the perfect fifth midfielder if you have cash. Absolutely. So possibly if you've already got it, might be worth hanging on to for a little while. Any other Bournemouth players you guys fancy at the moment? Uh, no, I don't think I don't think Bournemouth. There are goals in this game. I can see Siggy uh, Lorente. He only got a dead leg in the last game, just to let everyone know why he came off at half time. So I assume that he's going to be back for this one. He might not though. So don't quote me on that. Uh, I would Is check that... check the dinner okay. ladies uh, Twitter. Sorry, have a quick look on dinner ladies Twitter. Um, I'll come to you whilst I'm doing that, Mika. Do you like anyone from Swansea? Siggy, uh, <clears throat> the obvious choice again here. I absolutely love him. He's the type of player I seriously love in this game. He's reliable, consistent, he's the vocal point of the team, and he's really explosive. Perfect FPL player, and he's cheap also, compared to his uh, explosive and stuff like that. Um, After him, uh, Alfie Mawson has super attacking stats lately. Uh, I can't see Swansea keeping, keeping many clean sheets after game week 30, but if you can see him scoring or continuing that scoring streak, go on, buy him. He's really good. He's like Macaulay from West Bromwich, basically. Yeah, again, yeah, I they've think not I got think... bad fixtures, have they? Well, yeah, they're going to they're gonna play Middlesbrough at home on game week 30, Spurs at home 31, West Ham away, Watford away. So... They're doable, but I can't see many clean sheets yeah. from Spurs, Tom Watford. Yeah, no. yeah. Just to come back to the Urente discussion, I've had a look at Ben Dinnery's feed, and um, he, he said that it's a dead leg, and he predicts that he'll be fine for the weekend. Comes back to the issue we discussed with Ben when he came on the pod that actually Urente still listed a seventy-five percent chance of playing when it was just simply a dead leg. So, but listening to the dinner lady, it sounds like he's he's all good for the weekend. So possibly may hold on to him rather than uh, than binning him because I think they do have potential to score against Bournemouth yeah I mean I've got him so I'm, I'm going to keep him for this game I'm probably going to ship him out next week for Gabardini but uh, we can move on to that when we get well, to let's yeah, you moving... definitely keep him well speaking of moving on let's move on to the Sunday fixtures chaps and we're going to go to Borough versus Man United Borough we haven't been calling too much in terms of attacking uh, options recently and then United looked fairly blunt uh, against Chelsea in the FA Cup yesterday Let's come to you first, Mika. Who do you like in this fixture? <clears throat> Firstly, as a Finn, I have to say that I'm really proud as one of our young, talented youngsters scored a hat-trick on Monday on Middlesbrough under-23 team. <laughs> That's uh, good knowledge. Who, can, can you shout them? Who are they? <laughs> yeah, 18-year-old Mikael Soisalo. I hope he will get uh, Premier League debut this season still. You guys can earmark him now. <laughs> we we <laughs> yeah. will look out for it. I mean, they, they need put someone to put the list. ball in the net for them because it's not happening from Negredo, is they it? They do, the don't they? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But otherwise, this picture have a nil-nil written all over it. Ooh. Middlesbrough is de- pretty decent at home, but I wouldn't buy any from, from Middlesbrough for this fixture. But monitor because they have Sunderland at home to be rescheduled. And for United... Well, they are completely mess at the moment. Slatan and Herrera band, and their attacking cover is really messy. Uh, some United fans were just suggesting before match against Chelsea that even Fellaini could play up top. <laughs> yeah, so, that. yeah, they are really balls deep in mess. <laughs> <laughs> great way, 
truly balls deep in mess. I mean, in terms of trying to sort that mess out, there is a, uh, in terms of the top players transferred in, there's a scramble for, for Rashford this week as a potential option. Iceman, what do you think of him? No, I wouldn't go there. He's, you've got Ibrahimovic back uh, in a couple of weeks anyway, so I just wouldn't wouldn't do it. There's, there's not going to be that much profit you'll get from it, so just stay away. It will cost you a transfer to get rid of him anyway. I'd say it's more in defence, really, for Man United, and I suppose the only nailed-on one for Man United now is Valencia and De Gea. So yeah, maybe Jones, but... He's not nailed on, is he? He's always, he can always miss a couple of games. He has done recently. I don't know if he was injured those last couple of games. You can, you can still maybe punt on Jones. It's just he, he could be at risk of rotation. But the the guy who gets played every game in defence is Valencia. And I'm actually considering bringing him in. It's because they've got two double game weeks as well, Man United. It is kind of in my thinking. I am looking at their fixtures coming up in Middlesbrough, West Brom, Everton and Sunderland. So all fixtures which I could probably see a clean sheet in apart from Everton. So yeah, maybe maybe one to keep and then keep even through the uh, the blank game week which they might have. Uh, although I'm not sure if they do in 34. It's not been announced actually. I know that they don't actually have one in 34, so maybe one to keep for the rest of the season and benefit from those double game weeks as well. I like that as a potential option, but actually I wouldn't have thought this, but this game we're not actually that excited about then, are we really? No, not really. There's not many. um, You can't really rely on any uh, Man United midfielders, can you? Pogba, Mata, Mkhitaryan are probably the ones which you'd go for, but they're all fairly high-priced and not as consistent as other players that you can go for. Yeah, they have scored the least goals from the top seven teams and just a couple more than West Brom, which, and without Slatan, I can't recommend buying any of their players at the moment. Yeah, I think that's a fair comment. Well, I know, again, that both of you have mentioned already, and Mika, I'm going to come to you first for this because you mentioned his name. Gabby Ademi is the topic on everyone's lips. Tottenham versus Southampton. Let, let me let you speak about this. Yeah, <clears throat> this is going to be an interesting fixture in an FBL point of view. Uh, Capiadini, it feels like he has lifted the whole Southampton team up. Since he came, they started to play a lot more lively. Capiadini's stats are pretty amazing if you think that he costs just 6.8. He's averaging over five shots per game, which is absolutely huge. Yeah. Um, the only problem is that they are playing the best home team of the league, so it's really hard for me to advise people to buy Capitini for this fixture. It's just really hard. Spurs have conceded just seven goals in 14 home games this season, which is better than Chelsea. So really hard. I would suggest that people buy Capitini after the international break, not for this week. I know he's really tempting, but try to keep the fingers out of him. <laughs> Yeah, we'll try and keep our fingers out of him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard not to with that kind of form. Um, what about Spurs then? Who do you like from them, Iceman? Uh, well, now that Kane's gone, you're looking at Son, Ali, Eriksson. I uh, had a quick uh, research of it, actually. Um, found a little article on uh, triggerlips.com. Uh, nice little website. What, he- sorry? Triggerlips.com. It's a transfer hub website. Just been added to this Facebook group and uh, getting all sorts of good information from there. But without Kane from game week five to game week 10, Tottenham have won three and drawn three. 
uh, only scoring seven. So it doesn't fully mean that Spurs are going to fade away. They have uh, pretty good fixtures from now to the end of the season as well, with only playing Arsenal and Man United being their toughest games. So even with Kane out, I still think there are potential at Spurs. Yeah, there's a nice little table here which shows um, Son, Ali, Eriksen and Janssen's form, whereas over those game weeks which they played in game week six seven eight and nine nine and ten uh, son was actually totaling 26 points ali on 24 ericsson on 15 and uh, jansen just on 18 so i don't feel like jansen's probably going to get game here i do think they're going to probably turn to son uh, which they probably should him getting a hat trick in the fa cup against millwall i would say son if you're way behind go for it as a punt but if you're playing kind of safe, I'd stick with Ali. Uh, Ericsson tends to go quiet because I think he drops deeper when Kane is not playing. So uh, they've also got Dembele out as well. I don't know how that affects the team. So between, for me, it's uh, between Son and Ali. Did yeah, you I'm, just read my notes? Sorry? <laughs> Did you just read my notes? <laughs> really? <laughs> Yeah, Mick, you can you can say all of the above if you like, or is there anything else you want to add to those comments of the eyes, man? Can you try and contribute, please, Mick? Yeah. <laughs> no, I just I had everything on the same page with you guys. Oh, Son nice. and Ali, nothing else. Nice. Son and Ali is the one. Okay, so uh, in the absence of Kane, there we've got some viable alternatives, and this takes us to the final game of this uh, of this upcoming game week. It's Manchester City versus Liverpool. We've got Pep's improving side versus Klopp's improving side. Aguero, obviously brought in by many of you for the double game week. I think certainly if you brought him in, and you've kept him. Um, I would be looking to play him against Liverpool. I still don't think they've got the best. Uh, defence in the league at the moment he's in my team and he's going to be staying there this week I'm actually as a differential thinking of captaining him as well uh, against Liverpool uh, yeah potentially oh nice yeah as a differential Um, Mika let me let you speak first after the Iceman stole your notes on the last one (laughs) who do you like in this fixture moving forward Uh, yeah this this game can go either way Uh, Liverpool have normally matched Man City pretty nicely uh, last five games between them, uh, Liverpool have won four and they drew once in a cup. City won that in penalties. But uh, long term, City have horrible fixtures and Pep is a jackass with his rotation. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, complete jackass. Is, but yeah, if you have Aguero, uh, like I do, I, and you, I will probably play him, not captain him, but I will play him, not transfer out this week, but. Probably after this one, I had planned that I would get Kane over him, like probably many other. But yeah. I don't think wise to move away from Aguero at this moment. Just roll the transfer and save it for later. For Liverpool, uh, Liverpool is so in- unreliable that I would try to get rid of everyone. Basically, uh, consistency is the key that I'm looking for from the players in FPL, and Liverpool is completely opposite of that. Mane is, in my opinion, the only one you should or could own, uh, as his goal involvement is so good. After he came back from AFCON and before the game against Burnley, his goal involvement was uh, 80%, which is is absolutely huge. Yes. Also, a word of advice for people with Brazilian players like Coutinho or Firmino or Fernandinho. It could affect Ciaia Torre also. Brazil will play uh, 
on international break uh, against Uruguay on 23rd and against Paraguay on 29th, which means that they have only a couple of days between that and the Merseyside Derby on game week 30. So if you have Coutinho, I would sell. Interesting. Yeah, those international fixtures again, um, playing against the picks. Iceman, do you want to add anything else to the discussion? Um, yeah, with City, obviously, there's no one reliable, so I can't really shout anyone, to be honest. I mean, just got tough fixtures coming up, so I'm not going to shout anyone yet, but you've got to keep in mind, they've still got a double game week as well. Liverpool don't have a double game week, so that is in my thinking. I'm hanging on to Mane for now because he just looks too good. Even in the last game, I th- thought he still looked good. He was quite unlucky not to get a goal as well. I'm hanging on to Aguero as well as that, as well as Mane. So both these players, they could get goals in this game. It could be a high-scoring game. Interesting. Well, this one could certainly go either way. I know over the years that uh, Liverpool have actually uh, seemingly, whatever the form has been, uh, come off fairly well in these fixtures. And particularly Coutinho seems to like a goal in this fixture as well. Although uh, Mika's advice on the Brazilian team and when they play uh, could be worth noting for this one. So, chaps, that takes us to... Yes, yes, I know. So, chaps, that takes us uh, to the end of the 10 game week fixtures. And before we can move on, it's about time that the Iceman took a tinkle. Okay, well, we welcome the Iceman back from his uh, brief moment of relief. We hope you enjoyed the music as usual. That feature is not going anywhere anytime soon. So, mm-hmm. chaps, let me start with a summary of what we've just discussed. Again, we're hoping you have listened to the whole pod, or you might have just skipped to this bit to hear our summary of the main players we're calling. So, from the top, West Brom versus Arsenal, the early Saturday kickoff. We like the look of Sanchez. We discussed the issue of Walcott. Maybe as a differential, we're more pro Sanchez for this one. And Mika has called the uh, the slightly better price Mustafi as a defensive option moving forward. Not really fancying anyone from West Bromwich Albion at the moment. Their form just seems to have dipped a little bit. Crystal Palace versus Watford, the first three o'clock kickoff on the Saturday. Well, the only man really for any of us is Deeney. We like the look of his stats and he presents a viable, cheaper option up front in good form at the moment as well with good fixtures to come. Everton versus Hull, the man of the moment is Romelu Lukaku. We looked at the uh, the positive influence on other players and actually Ross Barkley is starting to show some decent form and uh, and potential for creating goals as well as scoring them. Stoke versus Chelsea, nobody really from Stoke fancying uh, for this one, but we do like the look of Costa as an option for a place in Harry Kane. And the debate of Pedro versus Hazard, Hazard probably does get forward a bit more, but Pedro certainly at the uh, the cheaper price probably offers equal uh, threat in terms of point scoring. Sunderland versus Burnley, only two real names in this one. Barnes, a viable uh, third cheap striker option if you're going to load your midfield with more expensive players. And also Pickford at Sunderland is a good rotational option in goal. Very cheap still. Uh, Sunderland with some potential for clean sheets in the next few game weeks. West Ham versus Leicester. Well, Leicester, the team of the moment, starting to show some form again. And after that performance in the Champions League, doing much to suggest that they are back on the bandwagon. Vardy and Mares were the players that we were talking about from them. And also potentially Fuchs in defence as they, uh, they seem to be uh, sort of finding their feet at the back, getting a bit more solid with Kasper Schmeichel returning as well. Uh, Antonio remains a great choice for West Ham, whether they play poorly 
or not. It seems to be on the end of things or creating things. And actually, as the Iceman pointed out, getting forward more than Carroll even. Bournemouth versus Swansea. King is the man of the moment. A cheap option as a fifth uh, price, a fifth uh, option in midfield. Cheap at 5.6 million still. We don't think there's long-term value in him, but if you've got him, certainly keep him. And at Swansea, many of you would have loaded your team with their players from the uh, from the recent game week 26 to 28 fiasco. So Mawson provides an ongoing threat from corners in defence and Sigurdsson continues to create going forward. Borough versus United. Actually, we didn't really hang our hats on anyone in particular, perhaps defensive options in this one, but United are a bit of a mess going forward at the moment, so we want to see what happens in this one before we commit to anyone there. Spurs versus Saints. The man of the moment is Gabbiadini. Having said that, Spurs are very good defensively, but if you're trusting the Italian's form and think he's fixture-proof, be a good one to go for. The big question for Tottenham, though, is what happens now? Kane is going to be out for a while, and we actually think it might be worth punting on Son. It seems to be notching each time he plays. He's got a hat-trick in the FA Cup, so it could be worth a shout there. The Iceman also shouts in the likes of Ali or Eriksson. And then City versus Liverpool. Again, this game could go either way. Liverpool have had the best of the form in recent years. But the two main players we spoke about was Aguero, if you've got him, and Sadio Mane is the consistent point scorer for Liverpool. Not really liking the looks of Firmino and Coutinho for this one, mainly because of their upcoming travels for international football. Nice sum-up, Ball. Thank you, Iceman. I'm going to come back to you for... Any uh, questions we've got left over from social media? Uh, no, it goes to captains first, Billy. We've been doing this a while. Surely you should know that. I, I should know that, really, shouldn't I, as host? Yeah, come back to um, me with captains. I'll keep this in. I'll come, come back, back to the captains. Keep, keep this in. Right, I'll try again. Right. <clears throat> Big build-up. So, gentlemen, who are we going to go for <laughs> in terms of our captain's choices for this week? Um, as the resident guest, Mika, I'm going to come to you first. Who would you shout as captain's choice? Yeah, for this week, uh, captain ball leaders will surely be Lukaku, Sanchez, uh, probably Costa and Hazard. From those, I have Lukaku and Hazard. And I will probably play it safe with Lukaku because I'm uh, so up on overall ranks. So your opinion is if, you, if you're kind of in the driving seat or if you're doing well in your mini league, it might be worth just going safe with Lukaku at the moment. Yeah, for sure. I I definitely like to pick the safe captain options, basically always. Iceman, what do you think? Um, I think I'm going to play it boring as well and just go Lukaku. Uh, I do really want to captain Sanchez, but I just I just don't have the balls. <laughs> it's as simple as that. You just haven't got the bottle. Yeah. Well, I agree. I think Sanchez um, provides a good option against West Brom. Uh, I like Lukaku against against Hull again seems an obvious choice but I've got Sergio Aguero and I don't believe he's not going to score for two games in a row so based on the fact that our recent uh, Fantasy Football Surgery Cup winner Simon Gardner pointed out hashtag he was due I'm going to go with Aguero this week (laughs) okay nice good luck and for those of you interested in entering any of our competitions um, certainly the league winner we've decided is going to get one as well this year have a look on our Twitter the Fantasy Football Surgery winner's mug as a prize that is now up for grabs i can confirm if you win the league this season so it really is all to play for hell of a cup Mika, i Mika, i trust on that uh, on that dangling that carrot you'll be joining our mini league now yeah i will try to squeeze it in i have 15 mini leagues already but i tr- i will try to remove one for this we, we ship internationally i can tell you that we've now sent a t-shirt to france 
we've sent a mug to New Zealand, you know, over my dead body will we not be able to get something <laughs> to Finland? So please do enter and you might be in for some uh, some goodies at the end of the season. Yeah, will do. <laughs> convincing Iceman social media social media yes again loads of questions thanks for all your questions guys we do really appreciate them we had Malu Lolo as messaged us is saying wants uh, midfielders to consider for the rest of the season aside Sanchez of course so uh, Bully who are you going midfielders for the rest of the season who you're not going to take out at the moment Hazard <laughs> Um, generally Hazard's in my team and um, I just love his consistency going forward I love Chelsea um, just seem to be doing it every single week even if it's just an assist or a goal he just continues to provide over the course of the weeks good value for even at the 10 million I still think he's a good option to have in your wildcard team other midfielders I'd be looking at again possibly Ali now Tottenham can move forward um, I wonder if you will be breaking into the box a bit more in the absence of Kane as well. So I'd certainly be looking at those two. Yeah. Okay, and Mika? Yeah, Ali and Sanchez are definitely good picks. Uh, I love Sigerson, so I have to say him. Awesome. He just doesn't have any doubles, so that's, that's the only downside. Yeah, I think you've got to be thinking around the doubles if you're going to keep a player for the rest of the season. But for now, Siggy, yeah, he's staying in my team until we get to the doubles now. I'll use my wild card, probably get rid of him, and then he'll probably score like a hat trick or something. Um, moving on to the next question, we've got uh, FPL Funshot has asked us. He's been a guest on here before. Luke, he's saying, uh, let's talk wild card. We seem to talk it every week, but he's saying. Is it too early to use it with the schedule being uncertain or should we go for it because we know the teams? If you look at Ben Quillen on Twitter, you can see what teams have got double game week and where they've got them. So uh, he's going to keep that spreadsheet updated continuously. So if you want to find out when they are, just look on there. It's game week 34 and 37, the main ones. Game week 37 going to be the, the big ones. Yeah, it is a question to wildcard or not what's your thinking on this Mika I mean at the moment I'm going for a uh, a wildcard for game week 36 and going for it for game week 37 but what, what's your opinion yeah if your team is in completely symbolic states I would try to survive until I know the first double game weeks at least uh, before those it's really hard to justify using it uh, especially with the international break also. So uh, I would say game week 30 or 31, wait at least there. Yeah, and Bully, what's, what's your opinion? We've asked you every week. I think you've said more or less the same thing. Just I said wait. the same thing. I, I stand by it, but the only thing I'd add to it is, yes, we know the fixtures, but uh, a month is a long time and a lot can change in terms of form in football. So right now we're talking about Sanchez, but what happens in the next four weeks if he doesn't play as regularly? Toy thrown out, Pram starts to be benched a bit more like against Liverpool. I doubt that's going to happen, but I think it's worth waiting at this point and trying to ride out um, with the players that you've got or taking just minimal hits personally. Okay, cool. You did go underwater for a second there, but don't worry. Um... Well, I am the bar, so... <laughs> Uh, yeah, mine's more or less the same for me. Uh, I'm keen on the double game week 37 bench boost, so I'm aiming to do it for 36 wild card. Um, I'm, I do think you could 
should kind of hold it as long as you can if you really need it then use it there's not a problem with that you might benefit from it choosing the right players but I think there are going to be hits you're going to have to take to get in your double gaming players if you want loads of double gaming players anyway so uh, yeah just consider that uh, we also had another one from I'm just going to say Ahmed I can't say the other in in tech hub Intech have Ahmed. I'm going to go with he's saying, who is the second best forward option after Lukaku? Uh, Costa, Vardy, Defoe, Dini or Gabardini? We also had we also had the FPL general ask us, Diego Costa or punt on Jamie Vardy? So what are your opinions on who to go for after Lukaku? Bully, I'll come to you first. So I personally think at this stage of the season, it depends how far you off you are off in your mini-league. Personally, if, if all things were equal I would say Costa because of the form of Chelsea but I think with the tide turning at Leicester Jamie Vardy looks hungry I don't think it's a bad idea to take a punt on him at this stage I now think it's a safer option than it would have been say a month ago yeah Mika yeah I think like I said earlier that Vardy will score a couple of goals during the next fixtures if they keep the work rate up they will probably get a nice morale boost from that Champions League win I think he will be a pretty good punt. Then again, Costa. He's Costa. He's so reliable this season. And if you're chasing, it's better to have Uber differ- differential. So if you're chasing big body, if you're leading big Costa. Yeah, totally agree with that. Yeah, that's a good answer. Um, I had another question from Sandeep uh, C. Sharesta. I'm really good at these names. With Harry gone and Ibra suspended, who will take the lead line with Lukaku? What is wrong with the pool midfield and when to wildcard? So I think we've kind of answered the, the wildcard question and the first question about Lukaku. So I'm going to go with his, uh, what is wrong with Liverpool midfield? I would say what is wrong with Liverpool midfield is that they can't play against lesser teams and they just have a great strategy against the big teams. For me, I'm I'm holding on to Mane and I do believe that if you've got Coutinho, like Mika said earlier, Brazil have got a game near the uh, the fixture itself, so it might be worth getting rid. Who knows, Liverpool, they're the highest scoring team this season, I believe. I'm just going to check that. Yeah, I'll just check that. They are with 60. So who knows, they may come into form and uh, score loads of goals. What's your opinions on uh, Liverpool midfield, guys? Uh, I'll go to you, Mika, first. Well, like I said to you guys earlier, uh, Mane is the only one with the high goal involvement. He's the best one to get there. But as a team, they have a problem breaking down the uh, teams that sit deep. They can bas- basically counter-attack you nicely, but if the teams are sitting deep, they don't know how to break them. That's their problem. Yeah, Billy, what do you think? Yeah, Billy anything to add? It's a bizarre, like... Um... They're very direct, aren't they? So they've got one way of playing and there doesn't seem to be a, be a plan B for them at the moment unless they play against Arsenal, in which case they're absolutely fine. Um, the only player I would just draw people's attention to think about is Jorginho Wijnaldum. He's 7.5 million, so he is a little bit costly in the Sigurdsson bracket, but um, three goals, two assists in his last six appearances. So there's some consistency coming there. I do think he's going to keep his place in the team as well. And like Mika said, with the Brazilians potentially... I'm not going to be 100% when they come back from the international fixtures. I can see him playing um, over the next few game weeks. So potentially him as a uh, as a differential. 
Okay, yeah, it's just a bit too expensive for me. But we also had a question from uh, at Alex Water Baby asking kind of the same questions about the wild card and best forward line as well. So kind of answered that. I hope Alex. We've got some some quick ones here, guys. So I'm gonna really go through these quickly. I just want a quick answer from each of you. So we had one from FPL Kangaroo. Who do I pl- replace that gobshite Coutinho with? Ali or Sanchez? Who do you reckon, Mika? <sighs> That's a really tough one. I have to go with Sanchez on that one. Yeah, and Bully? Have you got the money, Sanchez? Yeah, he's my man, Sanchez. Uh, we've got Ashley Roof uh, is asking us a simple one about replacing Kane, Costa or Aguero. Who would you go out of those two? Mick up first. Uh, can't go Aguero with that check aspect. Okay, and Bully? Uh, Costa. Yeah, I think I would probably go Costa as well. And Darren Hammer is also asking, thinking of changing Bobby Bobby F and Big Andy to Hazard and Gabardini for for a hit. What do you reckon? Keep up the good work on the pod. Uh, that's not a question in the end one, but yeah. Uh, so what do you reckon about that one, Mika? Yeah, I can totally go for, for that. That for sounds a, pretty prompting. It's for a hit, though. Well, still, Firmino, Brazilian, Liverpool player, mm, I don't like him at all. Fair enough. Bully? Uh, I agree. Yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a good shout, a good trade. Um, definitely more value in Gabbiadini than Carroll at the moment. Yeah, uh, and we've got one from Shahil. He's saying, at par marge, uh, he's saying, who to bring in for Rondon? I have Lorente and Lukaku. Don't want the safe pick and going Costa. Vardy, question mark? So do you reckon you should go Vardy, Mika? Uh, Vardy is a good pick, like we have been uh, talking about, but Dini is also a good shout. Yeah, Dini or Vardy, yeah, I think I agree. Bully? Vardy. Okay, and last one, Sid uh, at Fancy Pest, who was on last week, saying, what have you learnt during your FPL classes with Sid? (laughs) I think that's to us, Iceman. Yeah. What I learned from Sid, um, I think to, to think critically. Um, <laughs> Sid, Sid had a very good kind of um, pro and con of each decision that we discussed. And I think that is really important. You can get swept up in the emotion of picking a player when they've done well, um, but thinking long term, a bit like Mick has talked about today. Yeah. Um, I think that's important. So that's what I learned from my class last week <laughs> yeah I agree with you we have had great some... job. I, I will compliment about Sid Sid did do a great job on the pod so thank you Sid for joining us at 3 o'clock in the morning yeah. fair play to you, sir I was just going to say we have had some great guests on Sid being one of them and Mika you've been a great guest as well thanks for thanks for coming on yeah thanks for having me yeah that, I had fun. that is the end of the uh, social media but thanks again for all your questions guys keep them coming that's the end of social media as we know it. So yeah, thank you everybody once again. Uh, really good to have all of your uh, your questions as usual. Always makes uh, a real difference to the pod. Gives us a flavour that we are uh, interacting as well. So all that's left to do is to tell you how to get in contact with us if you'd like to ask us a question. So uh, our website is www.fancyfootballsurgery.com. Um, www.facebook.com forward slash fancy football surgery we're trying to get a little bit more active on there if you want to listen to the pod you can do so on itunes um, give us a rating and a review good or bad our feedback is always welcomed um, most of you will be listening to us on soundcloud so find us on there and also look for us on reddit as well up the pod if you like what you've heard up, podcast. Um, up the podcast 
Uh, you can email us, ffsurgerypodcast at yahoo.com. Most of our activity goes on at Twitter, at ff underscore surgery. And uh, join our mini league for a chance of winning uh, the now coveted fantasy football surgery mug at the end of the season as well. 17603-6718. I'm going to thank our resident guest, uh, or resident rather, our guest of the week, Mika, for joining us from Finland. Thank you very much. Yeah, it was a pleasure. How can people contact you outside of the pod? Yeah, you can contact me uh, on Twitter. My handle is huapis, H-U-I-P-A-S. Yeah, so some really good experience with Mika and lots of very high finishes, so you do well to learn from him. To the Iceman. Cheers, Billy. Thanks, Mika. Thanks for coming on. And from me, Billy, it's thank you and goodbye. And uh, apparently, if you're Gianluigi Buffon at the moment, who's the only team you fear in the quarterfinal draw of the Champions League? It's Leicester City. Look forward to speaking to you all again next week. was actually a genuine report i've just read in an interview after the game they asked buffon who he doesn't want in the next round and he said leicester city it's the oh, only nice. team you've ever to spear seriously yeah because well, nice. they're so unpredictable yeah i mean a lot of people are looking at sun and um sorry my uh my rats are going fucking crazy <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's one for an outbreak. <laughs> they're literally going nuts. I don't know what just, doing. just to be clear for listeners, uh, the Iceman does actually have pet rats. So, uh, so yeah, nothing to worry about. It's just his pet playing up. Right, they're proper putting me off. Right, okay. Um, shut up. They're rats. Yeah. <laughs> what were you expecting? <laughs> right, okay. I'll carry on. Um... It's like a, a, a homely cat, is it? It's literally vermin. <laughs> You live with vermin. It's disgusting. <laughs> right, sorry, carry on. Uh...